48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, experts say the first local COVID-19 cases in weeks are no reason to panic. LegCo approves extra funding for the police despite warnings it could deepen social divides. And the police watchdog will release its report on last year's protests tomorrow. A respiratory disease expert advising the government says it's likely Hong Kong will continue to see sporadic coronavirus cases as authorities try to trace the source of two new local infections, the first in more than three weeks. David Hoy from the Chinese University says people need not panic as long as the patient's close contacts are quarantined. The difficulty with this new virus is that it is highly infectious and the fact that we still allow Hong Kong residents to return from overseas and this is the likely source of the infection in the community. Some of them probably will shed the virus after the 14 days home quarantine period. So I think we have to accept this. We will have sporadic case occasionally uh, as long as the sporadic case is not leading to major community transmission and we can still continue the usual activities. But Civic Party lawmaker and Dr Kwok Kaki says the latest cases should prompt the government to stop any plans to relax cross-border quarantine requirements between Hong Kong, Guangdong and Macau. He also says a previously announced quarantine exemption for cross-border pupils and business travellers should be halted. Mr Kwok says the government should actually tighten the restrictions at land borders at Shenzhen Bay and the Hong Kong Zhuhai Macau Bridge. Unlike those coming from the airport, those residents or visitors coming from mainland and from Macau and through the beaches they are not required to wait for the testing result who proven to be negative before they start the so-called 14-day quarantine period. And that's a very big loophole. LegCo has voted down all 52 amendments tabled by pro-democracy lawmakers to this year's budget, including one seeking to block the police's $25.8 billion funding. Citing the force's crackdown on anti-government protests, they said it didn't deserve a 25% increase to its budget, which will allow it to hire an extra 2,500 officers and buy more equipment. But the lawmakers were outnumbered by the pro-establishment camp and LegCo is expected to approve the budget later today. Labour Party lawmaker Fernando Cheung says things will now get worse for protesters and Hong Kong people. Now that they have gotten all the money they needed to purchase more ammunition, equipment and supplies to continue with their suppression, I think we are turning Hong Kong into a police state. We will foresee more confrontation between the people and the police and I'm afraid that we're going to see more violence in the streets and even off streets. The Independent Police Complaints Council has confirmed that it will release a major study on social unrest in the last year tomorrow. The study, which covers the period from June the 9th last year until early March, has been delayed due to an unsuccessful legal challenge from an activist. The president of the Law Society, Melissa Pang, has pushed back at suggestions that she acted improperly ahead of an election for the Society's ruling council. In leaked emails to Law Society members, Ms Pang expressed support for half of the ten candidates vying for five seats on the council. During a press conference to clarify misunderstandings and correct inaccuracies in recent media reports, the Law Society said it would not endorse any candidates. However, members, including the President, are entitled to express a preference. Ms Pang says that was the case here. 
it never intend to be on a public basis. And how other people get hold of it and how it's leaked out, I have no idea. But I have make it clear, it is my personal letter and it's a personal preference and personal opinion. Nothing using the head of like a, being a president. It's just Melissa Pang per se. The Consumer Council says it's found that five out of 17 Chinese-style plastic spatulas it tested did not have satisfactory heat resistance, with one beginning to melt and deform within a minute when used with boiling oil. The Council's chief executive, Jilly Wong, said consumers should particularly avoid the latter model, made on the mainland by a company called JMJ and marketed as being heat-resistant up to 220 degrees Celsius. Researchers also detected a chemical called PAA, which can cause cancer in five models. The Council's Dr Liu Wing Chung said consumers could use spatulas or turners of different material. Plastic turners may melt and deform when used under high temperature and various chemical substance, so and migrate to the foot. On the contrary, wooden and bamboo-made turners are natural material and are more environmental friendly than plastic turners. However, they should be clean and kept dry properly to prevent the moisture and redo. The council has forwarded the findings to the customs department. The Consumer Council says the cooling capacity of 10 out of 15 window-type air conditioners it tested was slightly lower than what the manufacturers had claimed. The difference ranged from 0.1 to 2.2%. Dr Liu is the Vice Chairman of the Council's Research and Testing Committee. Even though the disparity uh, remains within the acceptable discrepancy range, that's 10% under the code of practice on energy uh, labeling of products and international practice. Cooling capacity of an air conditioner is the most essential index of product information. And therefore, there is still room for manufacturers to enhance the accuracy of such uh, important information. The World Health Organization is warning that COVID-19 may never go away and the virus may be something that people have to learn to live with. Its emergencies expert, Michael Ryan, spoke at an online briefing. This virus may become just another endemic virus in our communities, and this virus may never go away. HIV has not gone away, but we've come to terms with the virus, and we have found the therapies, and we've found the prevention methods, and people don't feel as scared as they did before, and we're offering life to people with HIV, long, healthy lives to people with HIV. And I'm not comparing the two diseases, but I think it is important that we're realistic, and I don't think anyone can predict when or if this disease will disappear. US security agencies have warned that China is trying to steal American research on coronavirus vaccines and treatments. The FBI and the US Cyber Security Agency have described the hackers as non-traditional actors, meaning researchers and students from China affiliated to the government. Here's the BBC's David Willis. The cybersecurity officials in both the UK and the US issued an alert warning that hackers were using a technique known as password spraying in an attempt to gain access to data that was being developed by uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, healthcare bodies and medical research organisations. What that alert didn't do was it didn't specify which country was behind these uh, hacking attempts. Well, now the FBI and uh, the US Department of Homeland Security has come out out and nailed the blame firmly at the door of China, saying that uh, it's attempting to gain information about testing, about the development of a vaccine. 
15 American states are investigating a mysterious inflammatory condition in children which may be connected to the coronavirus pandemic. Doctors believe the condition may be a post-infection phenomenon related to the build-up of antibodies after exposure to COVID-19. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, spoke of several deaths in his state. 102 cases where children who may have been infected with the COVID virus show symptoms of an inflammatory disease like the Kawasaki disease or toxic shock-like syndrome. We have lost three children in New York because of this. Five-year-old boy, seven-year-old boy, and an 18-year-old girl. A 100-year-old woman is believed to have become the oldest person in Russia to recover from COVID-19. Staff at the Moscow Brain Center wished Pelageya Poyakarova good health as she was discharged today on her 100th birthday. Here's the center's acting director. Despite a number of complications in her cardiovascular system, she turned out to be a tough cookie. She didn't go to intensive care, she was in the regular ward all the time, and she received standard therapy. A French author, regarded by many as an expert on serial killers, has admitted he faked much of his career and lied about the murder of his wife. Here's the BBC's Emily Haller. Stefan Borguan had said his interest in serial killers developed after he found the body of his murdered wife. He went on to write more than 40 true crime books and often appeared on television as a specialist on serial murderers. He had also claimed to have trained with the FBI and said he'd interviewed the infamous US cult leader and killer Charles Manson. After being accused of lying by a group of YouTubers, Mr Borguan has now confessed to journalists that he faked it admitting that his murdered wife never existed and his career was mostly fabricated. In finance, the head of the US central bank has warned of lasting economic damage from coronavirus shutdowns and has called for more crisis spending to ease the danger. Jerome Powell said fiscal support could be costly but worthwhile if it avoided an extended period of weak growth and stagnant incomes. Additional fiscal support could be costly but worth it if it helps avoid long-term damage and leaves us with a stronger recovery. This trade-off is one for our elected representatives who wield powers of taxation and spending. Qatar Airways is to cut about 20% of its global workforce because of the impact of the coronavirus. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Josephs. This was the first time the huge Middle Eastern airline, led by Akbar al-Bakr, has put a figure on the cuts. Qatar Airways has more than 46,000 staff worldwide, so around 9,000 more people are set to lose their livelihoods because of coronavirus. The carrier has brought strategic stakes in several airlines around the world to try and lure passengers onto its network by changing at its Doha hub. That may aid its recovery if some parts of the world restart flights before others. But Mr Al-Bakr warned that the 14-day quarantine period some countries are planning for air travellers could destroy the airline industry. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,877. That's 302 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 106.92 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 8 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 46 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Jung. A sports marketing group based in Hong Kong have taken a majority share of the Welsh rugby union side Ospreys. The company Y11 Sports and Media bought a stake of just over 75% to become major shareholders of the Swansea club who play in the Pro 14. 
Club chairman Robert Davies says the move represents the long-term transformation of the Ospreys. They've been searching for new investment since a proposed merger with Scarlet fell through last year. The Pro 14 season has been suspended since the middle of March, with the final in June cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite having the Wales captain Alan Wynne-Jones, Ospreys are bottom of their conference, having won just two of 18 games this season. In Italy, Syria football clubs are working towards a restart date of June 13th, pending approval from the government. Team training is allowed to resume from Monday. More from the BBC's John Bennett. Some uh, developments today in Italy. Serie A clubs have decided to aim to resume their season on June the 13th. And the country's sports minister has also been speaking today. He said that collective training for Serie A teams can begin from Monday after the Italian FA accepted the readjusted health and safety protocols that the government were looking for. There's still some work to do yet before we can be sure that Serie A will kick off. There's potentially a, a big sticking point. At the moment, a whole squad would have to go into quarantine for two weeks if only one player tests positive for coronavirus. That, that could be unsustainable going forward. Leagues across Europe are keeping a close eye on what's happening in Germany this weekend when the Bundesliga resumes. Borussia Dortmund will face Schalke in a local derby on Saturday behind closed doors. Dortmund's managing director, Karsten Kramer, says he's consulted with supporters to make sure they won't meet up outside the stadium. I think we at least could kind of convince them that this kind of football for the next weeks is the one and only chance to continue the football Bundesliga business. And I think all the supporters were open-minded to arguments like this. They won't love the games without the spectators, but they accept it. And in the moment they accept it, they know that the rules around the games have to be accepted as well. In Formula One, Carlos Sainz has emerged in pole position to replace Sebastian Vettel at Ferrari next season. Vettel is quitting the Italian F1 team at the end of the 2020 campaign, which has yet to start because of COVID-19. Sainz is now poised to replace him, and the Spaniard's vacant seat at McLaren is likely to be filled by Daniel Ricciardo. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again... Experts say the first local COVID-19 cases in weeks are no reason to panic. LegCo approves extra funding for the police despite warnings it could deepen social divides. And the police watchdog will release its report on last year's protests tomorrow. The news from RTHK.
I'm born with it all. Some are in it for the kill. Some just do it for the thrill. Archers and your perfect mark. And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Thursday, the 14th of May, is today's date. And uh, many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. We do have a busy program to follow just after half past one. So, in about uh, 12 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about breaking our COVID 19 routine and uh, going back to the office and also the different ways of managing it. We'll be chatting with Dr. Eslyn Taragina, who is a chartered psychologist and a psychotherapist with Mind Balance Hong Kong. Eslyn, uh, like I said, will be joining us just after half past one. And uh, after two o'clock, Sadia Osmani joins us for our Thursday Chenwag. And uh, this week, we're going to be talking about interesting ways people have tied the knot uh, during the coronavirus outbreak. And finally, after 2.30, Sadie Kay uh, will be presenting her deadly episode of her award-losing mental idea.